Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Don, thank you for the songs, but especially for that one. I didn't remember that fitting in with our lesson. Boy, you sing that as we should with understanding from the heart. There is so much there, isn't there, in that song? We all have our we all have our troubles, week to week, day to day, and Jesus is there to help us through them. Well, we got a pretty good start up here. See, folks are uh, starting to bring in the things for the kids, more kids. So uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, put those items on your shopping list and pick them up here and there. God does continue to amaze me, and hopefully he continues to amaze you. Uh, in fact, to use uh, the vernacular of the day, Christ Jesus blows my mind. If you really reflect upon him. And that's what we're going to try to do this morning. Uh, we should probably expect that because, as we know, God is far above us. His thoughts and ways are higher than ours, we read in Isaiah. And we're weak through the flesh, and we have, uh, you know, that sin thing going on, so we're far from perfection. So we don't always see things the way we should. And he always does the right thing, and he's... he's Ever the same. He never changes. I love that about our Lord. Zechariah 9.9, this is kind of what got me onto this particular lesson. Shirley and I read the scriptures in the morning, and we just finished up Zechariah. And this, uh, this little verse here, there's so much here. And in the midst of a prophecy, uh, their king was to come. Israel's king was to come. Rejoice greatly, a daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He's just and endowed with salvation. Wow, what are we waiting for? Here's a, here's a king is coming. Uh, and they, certainly they need a king in those days, a real king, someone to lead them. They've just been in captivity. They've come back and they got this little temple built that isn't anything like Solomon's temple and they got all their enemies around them. And Your king is coming. And then look at the next line. Humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And again, as we would say today, are you kidding me? This is going to be your king, riding on a donkey? You know, in those days, the king came with a great parade and entourage. He might have been riding on the white horse, the charger, and maybe he was being carried in the, one of those litters, you know, with the canopy on, and the, the big muscular slaves were carrying him, and he had uh, all these people in front of him dressed in finery, and, you know, maybe he's riding in a chariot, you know, and everyone's going, you know, bow down to the king, and so forth and so on. It was a great show. But a donkey? 
What is this all about? What does this tell us about our king, the king? Because this is not an anomaly. This is not out of place for our God, I assure you. Yes, God is high and holy, as we sang in that song. I'm always, I always go back. Moses on the mountain, he says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And what does the Lord say? The Lord God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, full of loving kindness and truth. That's how God described himself. I think we had a lesson along that line not too long ago. So let's take a look at, as we've titled it here, The Humble Christ, and help us to understand this is our God. He is not arrogant, and he's not demanding. Yes, he deserves our praise, our worship, and our service, and he gives commandments. But guess what? He leaves it up to you and me whether or not we're going to follow him, doesn't he? He says, here I am. This is me. Matthew eleven twenty five, And this would be like a, a contrast, even not contrast, I mean comparative scripture, but the one we just quoted there, from Exodus 25 about God because here in this passage if I have it right and you can correct me maybe you know another passage this is the only passage in the New Testament where Jesus actually describes himself okay it's the only one At the time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Jesus has been talking about a lot of things, about the kingdom and so forth, and uh, how things are going to change and the kind of people he wants them to be. You can read the, the lead into this, the context. This here, and he calls says you've revealed these things to infants. Obviously, he's not talking about literally infants because guess what? Infants can't understand these things, right? He means infants in understanding. They're, they're willing to learn. It's kind of a contrasting scripture where he says, I didn't come to call the righteous but the sinners. They understood. People understood they were sinners and they needed the Lord. Those who thought they were righteous, they didn't come to Christ. Same thing here. For an infant in understanding, we realize we need to learn some things. We need to understand about life, about our God, about th this planet and where we're going and, and the human race. You're going to come to Christ and want to learn. If you are already intelligent and you know everything you need to know, guess what? You're not going to open up this book and you're not going to come to Christ and you say, you're not going to say, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Rabbi. You're not going to do that if you think you got it all down. That's all he's saying. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. God does things the way he wants to do them, doesn't he? 
This is the way I want to do it. We want to find those who want to learn, who want to know me, who want this salvation. I'm looking for the humble because I'm humble. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. We read in John 17 about the oneness of God and uh, that they are one, one in purpose, one in desire, one in love, and all these things. And here's the, the beautiful thing we, we read in 1 John chapter 1 about that we also can be brought into this fellowship with the Father and the Son. That's what he's talking about here, that Jesus... Jesus will reveal the Father to us if we just get close to Jesus. We will understand the Father as well because they're the same. The same heart and the same mind. They're not different. It's very exciting if you think about it. You see, if you don't want to know about God and you don't want to know about your Lord, you're not going to try that. You're not going to dig into the scripture. You're not going to pray. You're not going to ask for wisdom. You're not going to work at it. You're not going to look for God out there in this beautiful spring. Verse 28. This is a verse we, we're all familiar with, these next three. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a wonderful invitation. Come to me. You have burdens. And once again, you know, within the context, talking about the infants and, and the, uh, those who are sinners, if you don't have any burdens, you'll never come to Jesus, will you? If you think you've got your life all lined up and everything is great, and everything is good, and you don't need anything, you don't have a sin problem, you'll never come to him. You never will. That's why you always have to rec you know, there's foundation needs to be laid for us to understand who we are as people, as human beings, that we do have a sin problem, that we do have a need for God, we do have a need for the sacrifice of Christ. That door, the door of the heart has just got to crack open to see the burdens you are carrying and how that Christ wants you to bring them to him. He wants to share them. He wants to share them to help you carry those burdens. He says, I'll give you rest. Doesn't necessarily say he's going to take all your burdens away, but he'll give you rest. You know, it's not going to be like it was. You're not going to be laboring, falling down under your burdens. I will help you with your burdens. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. This whole thing is an invitation to come to Jesus, isn't it? 
It's not to come to some kind of religion or some kind of do this, do that arrangement. It's come to learn about him, who he is and how he does life, and to let him help you. Take my yoke. There's the idea of you and him pulling together in life. You think about, you know, we're talking about a humble Christ here. Just think about that. That this God, this creator of all things, wants to help you through your life. He's, he's interested in each one of us, in each one of our situations. You know, the day-to-day things, yes, when the car breaks down. And yes, when, you know, people hurt you. He's interested in that. He wants to help you. Besides, you know, the temptations and all that. Come to me. Take my yoke. Learn from me, sir. Learn from me how I did it and how to do it. And once again, that takes effort. It takes effort for us to learn from Christ because you know what? He's probably going to teach us a different way to do life than we've been doing it, you know? And that means what? The old, we got to change. We got to change. Because otherwise, you're not going to learn from him, right? You say, oh, well, I don't want that. Well, he says, this is the way to do it. And this is the way I'll help you. But then he says this, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And there he says about who he is. I am gentle and humble in heart. This is God. Think about that. This is God. I'm gentle and humble in heart. What if he had said, you know, I'm an arrogant taskmaster. I'm a harsh person. I'm very demanding. Would you want to come to serve that God? Maybe you would out of fear, you know, absolute fear. Well, yes, okay. But you know, God has based this whole world on this idea that he is meek and lowly in heart. But we should not be afraid to come to him and serve him. I'm meek and lowly in heart. Come to me. Don't be afraid. This is what he's telling us. You will find rest. You will find rest. Yeah, there's always turmoil. There's always trouble. There's always things going on in our life from day to day. And people don't, like I said, treat us right or do good and things happen. He says, but you'll find rest. You'll find peace because I'm helping you through it. Think about all the trouble that Jesus had, all the turmoil in his life, right? 
opposition at every turn. Sometimes his family didn't know what he was doing. And uh, pretty soon the religious leaders uh, raised up against him and they were seeking out to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. And of course he knew the cross was ahead of him, but that was his father's will so he might be the sacrifice for us. But if you read through the Gospels, you see how patient he was and how he just endured and walked through it. He never panicked, right? He just turned to his father. Lots we could say. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As compared to the world, the slavish demands of the world and the... Uh, the bait and switch of the world. I'll just do it this way. This is great. And you do it that way for a while and you find out what? This is a mess. This don't work. Oh, we'll do it this way. And then we'll go over here and do it this way. And you find out for a while, no, that don't work either. You just keep chasing the wind as we read in Ecclesiastes. Jesus says, do it my way. Come to me. Learn from me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. Let's go to Philippians 2, often overlooked. The humbling of the Christ began before it all began, if you will, because the plan was already laid out that the word would come, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, right? Philippians 2, 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, he was the word of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, or held on to, because of what the Godhead wanted to do, but emptied himself, footnote says, gave up his privileges. He emptied himself. taking the form of a bond servant to his father. Bond servant. This was God basking in the glories of eternity. He gives up privileges and becomes like a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men. And as we understand that that was a permanent change, ever tied himself to the human race, to a body of some sort. You know, that's part of the, the emptying himself. He was confined to a human body. He experienced hunger, pain, thirst, and a whole lot of other things he never experienced before, and also temptation, right? Because God could not be tempted, but when he took on that human form, then he could be tempted. Praise the Lord that he did not give in to become, again, our, our salvation. But let's read on. But being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Once again, something that God cannot experience, right? God cannot experience death. But now he has been given up privileges. The Son of God does experience death for you and me. He humbled himself. We will never know how much he gave up. We'll never know that. All we can do is just sit with our mouth agape and wonder at the love of God, the humility of Christ who is willing to do that for us. Beating to the point of death, even death on a cross, and we've talked about the cross, a, a humiliating death. It, not, it wasn't just only to put the person to death. It was to uh, inflict great pain, but also great shame. It was a shameful death. Everyone standing there around, talking and laughing and watching you die, making fun of you. Terrible. But he humbled himself to do that for us. But we've got to read the next three verses because this is the blessing of God. And we'll wrap up with a similar verse. For this reason also, because he did all this, he emptied himself and humbled himself, became one of us, gave himself over to death. God highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He said, you did that. Father talking to the Son, you did that, you will be exalted. Notice every name even in heaven. Right up back underneath the Father. That's where Jesus is. A man, God-man, but nevertheless a man, God exalted him. Because you humbled yourself and did what I asked you to do. We wonder about that. The love of God, His love for us. But let's say that a little bit differently. It was a motivated by love, but the Lord did it because He wanted to. Right? He wanted to. When you want to do something, you'll do it, won't you? When you really want to do something, you will get it done, won't you? Even if you don't have the money, you'll go into debt to do it, won't you? You want to buy that new fishing boat, you want to take that vacation, you'll do it. God wanted to do this, and so he did it, no matter the cost. He did it for us. I don't have scriptures here, but we remember his humble beginnings. 
a lowly birth into a, a, a poor family, not destitute, but a poor family. He, he grew up as a carpenter. You know, he wasn't born into a king's house, grow up in fine robes and on a throne. He had no property, accumulated no wealth. As we talked about the cross, he died as a common criminal. He died among thieves. A rabbi who went about Judea, Galilee, preaching the message of the kingdom. That was Jesus. And that's who Jesus was intended to be because that's who Jesus was and is. He wouldn't have done it any other way. For us to see how we should live humbly. Serving God, serving others. Let's go to Matthew 21. Here's Matthew talking about and explaining and giving us the history of the fulfillment of the Zechariah prophecy. Matthew 21.4, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them, and he sat on the coats. And you remember this, of course, is when he comes into Jerusalem for the last, that last week. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. Okay, these were not silk coats with, studded with gems. These were the coats of the common rabble and tree branches. What's with that? He's riding on a donkey. The crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When it entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Certainly a wonderful entrance, but not one which some Caesar would demand or have. Now I love we go down, you know, this continued on. He went into the temple and drove out those uh, the money changers and all. He's healing people in the temple in verse 14 and I'll have verse 15. Chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant. <laughs> it's with the kids. Yelling and screaming. Reminds me of kids zone. Hallelujah. Yeah, kids. You, you think that disrupted those very staid and sober chief priests there in the temple? With, what's all these kids doing here running around yelling and screaming, Hosanna? You know, calm them. Let's get them out of here. 
like we talked about Wednesday night. With the, Jesus said, bring the little children to me. But here's the thing. Let this sink in. This is our God. This is him. He doesn't care, you know, about gold and all that stuff and finery. He just wants your heart. And that's all he wants to give you is his heart. This is God. Let it sink in. Let's go to Matthew 26 to kind of close out here. I wanted to put this in. Fits in with our thoughts there from Philippians. He humbled himself, was obedient to his father, submitted to the cross. He's in the garden here. He's uh, already wrestled in Gethsemane with Father, let this cup pass, and nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And he's ready to accept the cup of the cross and the suffering and the death. And then they come, the, the mob comes to get him, verse 51. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword, struck the slave of the high priest, cut off his ear. Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you not think, and here's the verse, that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? That's an incredible verse, thought. You know, we read in another gospel, it was Peter who cut off that ear. Said, Peter, you, what, you, don't you think I can call my father and he'll, he'll rescue me if that's what we need? What are you doing? He humbled himself. And he didn't call. His father did he? He did not. So insightful. How then will the scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must happen this way? It's the only way for us to find salvation, that he would offer himself up in death so that we might live. 1 Peter 5, 5-7, Jesus, gentle and humble in heart, this is your God. Yes, he, he, he demands our praise and worship. Yes, he deserves it. Uh, his very person will cause us to fall down. But he's going to raise us up. How many times we read in Scripture, fear not, right? Fear not. Come to me. I'll give you rest. 1 Peter 5 and 5. You younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Humility. Not arrogance, not I'm better than you, not I have a position or whatever. For God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
He's opposed to the proud. Because he's not proud, he understands humility. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, just as we saw in Philippians, the promise made to Jesus that every knee would bow someday. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Takes us back to Matthew 11. Jesus, gentle and humble in heart, don't be afraid. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, and I will give you rest. If you want to come to this Jesus this morning, accept his yoke. Become one of his. We're here to assist you in that. You might be, become a child of God. Have your sins forgiven. Be filled with the Spirit. Begin your walk with him. It would be our privilege to baptize you into Christ. If you're a Christian, you're struggling with anything. Problems out there in the world, problems inside your own heart. We're here to help you as well. If you want prayer, we can pray with you. All of us here. As we always said, uh, feel a little reluctant to come forward in front of all the, the folks here. You can see us afterwards. Give us a call. If the Spirit has moved you this morning, the Word of God has touched your heart. Don't delay. Don't put it off. Brother Don, let's, let's stand. We are